Welcome to a special episode of Writer Types. I'm Eric Beatner, And I'm S.W. Aladdin. This is an extended version of our Noir at the Bar LA audio documentary from episode three. You'll hear extended interviews with authors Glenn Eric Hamilton, John Lansing, and Nolan Knight. And all new interviews with Jordan Harper, Josh Stallings, and more. Hope you enjoy. All right, just pulled up to the bar here in the Arts District of Culver City, California for yet another night of Noir at the Bar. This is a trendy little part of town. It's all art galleries and cool little eating spots, and our bar is uh, actually so cool that it doesn't even have a sign out front. Uh, you just look for the neon martini glass, and you know you're here. So let's head inside. All right. Stuff to carry in? Steve just arrived. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Excited about Noir at the Bar? I, I love it. It's my favorite thing that happens in L.A. every month. Your favorite thing? Yeah, no. <laughs> so here we are at the Mandrake Bar on Los Angeles Boulevard. Let's have a Noir at the Bar. Hey, this is Eric, and I'm sitting here with my Noir at the Bar co-host, Stephen Blackmore, and we've been doing this since 2011, is that right? 2011? That's crazy. Uh, I think it was a July. Yeah, that sounds about right. We had uh, had Lance Rosinski. Yep. And Josh Stallings, Holly West, and... Oh, and you and I read. Oh, that's right. That's, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, of course. Yeah, those are the ones we forgot. You have a good memory. That's, that's uh, we've had. I think we've had over a hundred readers at this point, right? God, yeah, easily. Yeah, good for us. Yeah. Jed Ayers and Scott Phillips had been doing this in St. Louis for a couple of years that I knew about. I had no idea of the long history of it going all the way back to Philadelphia and Peter Rosovsky. I didn't know mm-hmm. any of that part of it. But when the bookstores started closing down, specifically like the mystery, mystery bookstore book in Westwood, yeah, yeah, then all of a sudden I wasn't having that central hub, that place where I was meeting other crime writers, you know, both getting advice and chatting up people who were, you know, traditionally published, plus getting a lot of great books. So that that was my big motivation is I, I want a place, a, a gathering place for crime writers and crime readers again in LA, and to give touring authors a place to stop yeah where again like i said the the bookstores are closing so this gives people a legitimate space where they know they're going to have a good crowd you know a place to make la a destination on their tour stop that's pretty cool too i think of it as uh slam poetry with a lot of gunfire it's like any other reading but we're in an unusual setting We've got a very tight focus on on the kinds of things that we want to have. Right. And also, we have, I think, kind of a a no-holds-barred policy in terms of what people can read. We've had some of the most vile and disgusting fiction. True. It's been amazing. We actually drove one person out. For me, it's always been as much about the gathering as about the readings. Like, you know, we set out not to make something that is primarily a book selling event or a promotion event. Yeah. It's a place for both. Although that doesn't hurt. No, no. And that's been a great addition having Mysterious Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Stephen, we've been doing it for about a year, and Stephen finally was like, hey, wait a minute, we should be selling books here. And, uh, you know, hmm, that was genius. (laughs) But to have a place, again, that people can gather and and mingle and, and meet their. You know, favorite crime writers get a book signed. That, that's the most important part for me is the social aspect of it. Welcome back to Los Angeles to the Bar at the Bar. Thanks everyone for coming out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 My name 
My name is Eric Beatner and my co-host Stephen Blackmore. We were just discussing that we have been doing these events since 2011, which is crazy town. Uh, so it's really great to see a lot of familiar faces from way back then and to see some new faces. Hi, I'm Glenn Eric Hamilton. I'm the author of Past Crimes and Hard Cold Winter, and I'm at my first noir at the bar for L.A. For L.A.'s, have you read at other Noir at the Bars? I've never read at Noir at the Bars, but I've been to them because there always seems to be one whenever there's a mystery convention. Yes. Whenever you go to a mystery convention, there's a Noir at the Bar That's in fault. the host city. That's your fault. Yes. So I, I have you to blame for the hangovers then. <laughs> it, it's a blast because it's clearly a receptive audience. You know, it's an encouraging audience. There's a lot of folks who know each other. But you almost always discover at least one new author along the way and... You hear something, hearing an author read their own stuff that you just don't get right off the page, and it's a lot of fun. Are you someone who enjoys getting up and reading in front of an audience? I do, I do. I have a, I have a theater background, for one thing, so the show-off nature is, is automatically there. But also, in my uh, the writing group that I'm still a member of, every week, you bring in your pages and you read them out loud. Oh. And other people will take notes and then give critiques after the fact. So... You get practice every week in reading your own stuff, and it's amazing how many mistakes and errors and just bad decisions you catch when you're reading your own stuff out loud. <laughs> Hopefully not in front of a large audience like this. So how do you go about picking a specific portion of the book you've written to read out loud? Generally, it's what will make sense to the audience without a lot of introduction. That's, that's the first rule, yeah. right? You know, don't, don't belabor it by loading, loading a lot onto it. Usually a simple scene with no more than two, maybe three characters. Smart. And above all, be brief and be gone. <laughs> that's what you want to do. Let's keep it snappy for the audience. That's, I'm glad to hear you say that. That's one of the things that we try to drive home at these events is to give people a time limit that might seem short on paper. But I think we've all been to readings where, if, I mean, if someone gets up and reads for 15 minutes, it oh, Lord. seems interminable. I, I timed mine this morning, and it was six minutes, Perfect. just to double-check it. It still felt really long. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, thank you for, uh, for joining us, and we look forward to your reading. Thanks very much. Eric. Thanks so much. Bro. Thank you. All right, I'm here at the bar with uh, our resident DJ. How you doing? What's happening? My name is Sunday. How you doing today? Good. What's the top of your noir soundtrack? If you wanted to get in a noir mood, what would you play? Wow, noir mood music. Hitchcock thrillers. Just, just go to soundtracks, because that's what it is. Set the mood that way. I like it. All right. And uh, the owner of the Mandrake? Uh, Drew Heitzler. And you were so kind to us way back when, when we first came to you with this crazy idea to let people invade and shut off the music and tell everyone to be quiet and, oh, by the way, we're not going to pay you any money. Why did you say yes? Because <laughs> uh, it was interesting to us. And that, you know, that's kind of all it, it's all it takes. If there's something that appeals to us, we always say yes. But you guys usually have a pretty good night when we invade, right? We do. We have a great night. Always a good time when you guys are here. Now, what would you say is, uh, is the most noir cocktail? Like, if you were going to sit down and watch Double Indemnity, what drink would you mix? Uh, probably Old Fashioned. Old Fashioned or a, uh, or a martini on the rocks. All right. That's what I would think. It's one of the most gratifying things for me is giving up-and-coming writers, in a lot of cases unpublished writers, yeah. their first ever public readings. That's one of the things that we've been wanting to push is not just say, okay, yes, we've got named writers. Oh, I'm sorry, you're not good enough for us, you know, right. unpublished writers. Like, no, fuck that. Come in here. You've got something online in uh, Shotgun Honey or Thuglet or whatever, and come in, read, 
because we're all on the same level no matter how many times we've done this. We've had a lot of people come out, do their first reading, and then when they come back, tonight's a good example, Nolan Knight, when mm. he's coming back now for his second time with his debut novel. Like, that's, that's a really cool thing. He's a local boy, let's give him a warm welcome, Mr. Nolan Knight. My name is Nolan Knight. My debut novel is called The Neon Lights Are Veins. Now, this is your second time reading in a noir at the bar, is that right? It is, yeah. 2013, January, I think, was the you, first time. You, obviously, it was a memorable experience. It was fun. I had a good time. I mean, after the reading, not so memorable. I don't remember much after. <laughs> Before it was fun. Yeah, I was at the first one with uh, Dwayne and... Um, All right. Stephen read there, or no, you read there. Yeah, me and Stephen both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, we were not so memorable. <laughs> no, I mean, you come out to a reading at the bar, and they all just kind of mesh together. And well, thanks again for having me out back then. I mean, well, it's very exciting because now you're back yeah. with your debut novel. Do you like to get out and read? Is it something you enjoy? You know, it's something that I'm kind of getting my legs with. This is a whole new side of uh, publishing that I haven't even really one thought about or two. Uh, you know, I'm going through. I think Noir at the Bar was the first time I read in public, and then I kind of avoided it for a couple years, uh, just sitting in the room trying to hash out, you know, a vision on a book. And then once the book was done and the contract was signed, you have that moment where you're like, oh, shit, I got to start getting better at this other aspect of things. To get my chops wet, I did a couple open mics in downtown, dodging bottles and tomatoes type (laughs) situations, and that was fun. Now, you, you guys are both, uh, have written about and are from the South Bay here in L.A. Yeah. Are you guys trying to spearhead, like, a South Bay noir revival? Oh, no, revival? no, no, no. It's, oh, so I, I, well, I don't know anybody that reads in the South Bay, so, like, <laughs> including my family and my friends. So, so, I, so you're saying you're done with, next book's going to be set in, what, Montana or something? No, 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 like, Los Angeles is, is my home. Um, I don't know any place better than I know Los Angeles. I'm infatuated with this place. I'd like to write about other cities, but I'm just... Los Angeles is, like, in my bones. Like, I know this city, and it's just, uh, it's my home, you know? John Lansing, The Devil's Necktie was my first in the series, the Jack Bertolino series. The last one is Dead is Dead. Blonde Cargo was the second book. I just finished the first draft of The Fourth Gunman. Just finished it, so I'm like very pleased. It's like now the process starts. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, thank <laughs> it's a good you. Feeling. It sounds like you might be. Are you somebody who finds more work in the rewriting process? Yes. Really? Yeah. So you just sort of your first draft is just to get it all down. I mean, there's a lot of rewriting that goes and polishing that goes to make sure that I, that I'm saying what I want to say, that the story is being told the way I want it told. The rewriting process is intense. So what's it like for you then after all that work and all that time to get out and be able to present it to a live crowd at a reading? I've never done it before. What? This is my first. You're kidding me. This is my virgin experience. We have a noir at the bar virgin? We yeah, had no kidding. Wow. We had no idea. Did you bring this special <laughs> no, night? No, no, man. <laughs> Do you know what you're going to be reading from? Uh, the Devil's Necktie. Right. Because it kind of sets off the whole series. What is a devil's necktie for the novice who doesn't understand? It's it's what the cartels do to you if you're if you turn them in, if you squeal, if you they slit your throat, pull the tongue out through the opening. Sweet. It's just <laughs> just sweet and leave you there to die. 
anybody that sees that, it'd be hard pressed to uh, turn somebody in from the cartels. I should think about that. If like if someone comes and reads and does a terrible job, you're you're getting you're a threatened with the devil's necktie. Yeah. The word would spread pretty fast. It would. Yeah. <laughs> Local crime fiction luminaries Stephen Bueller and Craig Faustus Buck. How you guys doing? Well, pretty good. You guys have been coming out to these noir at the bars for a long time. What, what's uh, what's different about these kind of events? What's different about these kind of events is they're fantastic, and very few events are fantastic. And uh, Craig, you go to a lot of book events. I do, but Noir at the Bar is my absolute favorite. You know, one thing we really try to do is exactly this. When I come upon people just chatting and talking, you know, we wanted to make it about the community. Is that important to you, Stephen? Yes, uh, I really like it that it's, uh, it's other writers supporting other writers. But it's cool to see the other writers and talk to them, find out where they are. Last time that I saw them, you know, what progress they've made. So it's, it's cool to hang out with other writers at a bar. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's why we do it. I'm here sitting at the actual bar with Jordan Harper. How are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. Now, you uh, turned down my last invite to read at Noir at the Bar because your book won't be out yet. Well, I don't think we turned it down. I thought we were still in negotiations about whether or not I was going to read in May or August. And, okay. Uh, I'm happy to do May if you still want me to. Well, I want you to have books here to sell because it's going to be a huge bestseller. <laughs> well, yeah, well, especially if I read here. So let's. you want me to do it in August, then? I will make that happen. I will, right. I will set up a Noir at the Bar just for you. Oh. And your novel, okay. She Rides Shotgun. Uh, available in fine bookstores and online everywhere uh, June 6th. Well, I'm, I'm very excited. I've heard incredible uh, advanced buzz about this book. Are you getting excited for the release? Uh, yes, it's, it's that, that thing. It, you know how it is. It, the book is done, and all I'm doing is, is waiting for somebody else to give birth to it, like a father in the 50s, you know? And how long of a process has this been? Like, how old is this book? My first version of this book was probably written three, three and a half years ago. Uh, when I finished the first draft of it, I realized I'd written it from the wrong point of view and started over again, so that was another year. Now, when you say you started over, I mean, you literally, like, scrapped everything you had and started over? Yeah, it has the exact same plot. None of the plot changed whatsoever. It's just that um, it's a story of a, a father and a daughter uh, on the run together, and I'd written it from the father's point of view, and I realized once I finished it, his was the much less interesting point of view, and that it was just been fear of writing a book from the perspective of an 11-year-old girl that had prevented me from telling it from the correct point of view. And so I had to go back and basically rewrite it chapter by chapter, word by word. Yeah. You are brave. I, I don't think I would have been able to have the patience to do that. Well, it was not a fun day when I figured <laughs> that out. I'm Sarah M. Chen, and I wrote the noir novella Cleaning Up Finn. I'm Travis Richardson. I have two novellas out. One's called Keeping the Record. The other is called Lost in Clover, and I have a bunch of short stories out as well. I'm reading from Stranger at a Bar. It's going to be in the inaugural issue of Switchblade magazine, and Sarah's going to be reading the part of Jolene. I'm the um, sort of wannabe stripper chick. You want to be? You're not an actual stripper? I don't think she is. I think she wants to be. Well, so she has talents. Uh, she and her boyfriend come into the bar, and uh, they, they make a big scene. The regulars turn to the woman. She flashes a lascivious smile, the kind lingerie models and porn stars perfect. How are you boys doing tonight? Doing fine, ma'am. Yourself, a chubby customer, says with a high-pitched voice. We're passing through, and I wanted to stop for a drink. 
I actually, Travis, found out about Noir at the bar from you. Oh. So I think you've been coming to this for quite a long time. Is that correct? I, I have, and I think I've made ev- almost every one of them, I, unless I was out of town. So it's just been just there, this wonderful thing. I think there was one where you slacked off because you had like just had a baby or something. Right, right. Sad <laughs> excuse like that. And I, I was being selfish. Sorry about that, Eric. Because <laughs> when we met you, you didn't have a book out. You you didn't have a wife or a child, and you have all three of those things <laughs> right. now. Exactly. You're you got, welcome. You guys are great. Yeah, what would I do without you? Noir at the bar. <laughs> hey, look, it's Josh Stallings. How are you, Josh? I'm good. How are you, sir? Very good. You've been coming to these Noir at the bars for a long damn time. Yeah, I think since the first goddamn one. And even now, after you've moved to the mountains, you still made it down to see us? I'm, I'm so flattered. The one thing we lack up in, in paradise where I live is other crime writers to hang out with. You know, They're too busy burying bodies in the woods. Well, yeah, and, and making math. <laughs> so I'm here with uh, our resident bookseller from Mysterious Galaxy. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. So, Aaron, you've, uh, you've been out to a couple of events now. How do, you, how do you like coming out to these events, and how, are they different from a regular reading? It's definitely a lot more exciting. You have a lot more opportunity to like, get in more contact and be more social and even to network a lot more. I've read a lot that indie bookstores are actually having a bit of a renaissance in the last couple of years. Have you found that to be true? Are people getting back to the printed page a little more? Yeah, a little bit more. And it's a lot more because of these types of events. And so, obviously, you work for a store called Mysterious Galaxy. Are you, You're a big mystery and crime fiction fan? Oh, yeah. It's like we all are. Who are some of your favorites? Definitely, uh, I do like Eric Beatner a lot. He's uh, a... <laughs> Very good. Very, very well done. <laughs> Smooth. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for coming out. Sure, no problem. Thank you. So, Glenn Eric Hamilton, you just finished your reading. How'd it go? Uh, it, 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 it felt great. Um, nobody threw anything this time. So, you know, if I get out of it without any bruises or tomato stains, I'm always happy. So. <laughs> you definitely bring a sweet baritone to the microphone. Is that practiced or is that just natural? Uh, it, it's natural. My father has the same voice, and we got mistaken for each other a lot when I was growing up, you know, about the time the, the voice came in. So. Well, Stephen, another one in the books. Yeah, went well. Excellent. I thought, I thought, thought it went really well. All right. Now, your uh, Eric Carter series is ongoing. It, it, I'm fascinated by the fact that you had one. I mean, you literally got to the end to type the end and then said, no, it's no good, and threw it out, right? Yeah, because it was shit. Are there elements of that lost book that are ever going to make it into any of the other books? Uh, a couple of things, actually, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't throw anything away. I just moved it somewhere else and, and started over. I don't throw anything away. I can't find it afterward, usually, but I never throw it away. All right, another noir at the bar in the books. Another night of bringing crime fiction to Los Angeles. And then we come back in another couple of months and do it all again, hopefully for another six years. Well, thanks for listening to this special episode of Writer Types. And I do want to take a moment to give an extra special shout out to the originators of Noir at the Bar, starting with Peter Rozovsky uh, and then Jedediah Ayers and Scott Phillips. All of us who do any of these Noir at the Bars all across the country owe a big debt of gratitude to those guys. So thank you. And uh, we're glad to keep the torch alive.
And if you like what you heard, please share this episode with your friends on social media or rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. We'll see you next time for interviews with more writer types.